This week on the Reverse Stick, we're off to Malaysia. As Lanshar is underway, we talk to Arul Anthony to find out how Malaysian domestic hockey works and selections are underway for the TRS World 11. You're listening to the Reverse Stick Global Hockey Podcast. My name's John Lee. Sitting next to me is Matt Allen. How are you, Matt? John, nice to see you. To see you nice. Bit of a hark back for uh, our friends in the UK there. You'll know what, you'll, they'll know what we're on about there. But uh, that's two weeks running, mate. What's that? Straight off the bat. Oh. Oh, One yeah. take. Professional now. Oh, mate, superb stuff. Great to see you. And look, you know, plenty of hockey going on, obviously. We've just finished watching the uh, India, India versus Malaysia game there from the Sultan Aslan Shah Cup. Um, what a yeah. fantastic game it was, you know. Um, the Malaysians, I think, were a little bit unlucky, and uh, the scoreline didn't necessarily belie the um, the performance of the Malaysian boys there. But great game. Oh yeah, I enjoyed it. I think it got away from them a little bit late there, but it was for the majority of the time the game was well and truly a contest. Yeah, good I'm crowd. Sure trying after they got a couple ahead, but you know. You no, know, but yeah, super, super crowd. Yeah. Great atmosphere. Good to see. We'll talk more about the Aslan Shah Cup a little bit later. We'll also hear from Errol Anthony, who was, uh, apart from being an assistant coach at, in Ireland, is coach of UniKL in the Malaysian Hockey League. And obviously, because we've been talking about what happens in Malaysia, and we'll been involved out. with the Malaysian setup there as well. He uh, has, yeah, National League too. And uh, you'll hear his voice too on the Aslan Shah Cup coverage. That's He's right. up if there as part of that. He was doing the India Malaysia game tonight. That's right. If you're tuning into the English coverage on that, that's available through various pay-per-view uh, providers in very in different countries, and of course via the FIH YouTube channel. Oh, but we do have a moan about the commentary a little bit later on, but we'll we'll save that for later. First of all, though, we'll get to uh, the, this bit. News. So, not too much going on outside of the Sultan Aslan Shah Cup on the international stage at the moment. There is, of course, a series happening between Korea and India, um, Indi- the Indian Eves. Uh, the Indian girls got a 1-0 win in the first game there. I saw some rather nice pictures pop up on Instagram of um, both teams out for dinner um, enjoying some steamboats. So, that looked like uh, a nice bit of sort of bonding between the two nations there. Oh, both teams along for the dinner. Yeah. Oh, good. I hope they had a nice dinner. Sounds like steamboats are always pretty good. But beautiful. What were the scores here? One nil and three two. So yeah. close games. Yep. Yeah. Um, Koreans going down both times, but I'm sure they're enjoying it. Well, wouldn't you enjoy playing international <laughs> hockey just quietly? But yeah. Um, what else? Yes, and Char really. That's the main. Well, event. there's there's also plenty of other club hockey's to start up around the world as well, hasn't it? After the winter break and big storms and stuff like that. Well, yeah, in some places, it, 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 officially there are games that are supposed to be on yeah. um, across the UK, Ireland, uh, restarting what Spain, Germany. Uh, sorry. What were they calling the storm? The beast from the east. The beast from the east. Yeah, um, which absolutely <laughs> decimated club hockey um, across large chunks of the UK. I know uh, last weekend a lot of. And Ireland as well. Yeah, a lot of people not very happy. But um, there were some industrious clubs out there that did manage to get pitches cleared and had helped some other clubs and officials and all, all sorts of things to get games happening. Um, so well done if you managed to get a game in last weekend, that's for sure. But all sorts of leagues are, are kicking off and resuming. And uh, So while we can't cover everything that's getting underway, 
we will try and keep a note of everything and, and come finals times and people get the big pennant at the end of the year, we'll be onto it. That's right, and there's lots of stuff going on as well. You can look online on various YouTube channels. You look at Galvanised Hockey. He's got the uh, uh, the highlights um, every Monday or Tuesday from the yeah. weekend's game in England's top top leagues. Uh, KH Productions through Irish Hockey. You've got all of the um, EY uh, Hockey League games. Highlights packages online, so you check out the Twitter and Facebook um, feeds and you'll you'll get to see plenty of that and there's lots of the Dutch stuff out there as and well. And Zero Hockey League kicking off soon with the Coming soon, well of course, yeah. I'm looking at Sam Rotterdam. I want to somewhere down. I was looking at the uh, the fixtures there and I did see one of the games that were highlighted was um, Saint Germain from France versus Three Rock Rovers from Ireland. Now of course um, Javier Pion from Hockey Manager that you might remember from the uh, the um, World Cup um, Hockey Manager promotion that we ran with Atlas Hockey for the Dream Team competition. Um, Javier's club is Saint Germain, and uh, the club of uh, uh, Mr. Stephen Finlater of the Hook, and also did lots of great work with Euro Hockey as well. Is of course Three Rock Rovers. So both of those gents we've had a bit of an association with in the uh, in the first year of the podcast here. So I don't know who we're going to root for, John. I reckon uh, we sit between them and talk about how good the umpiring is all day. Keely? Yep. And and just see how they they cope with that because when you got a, a when you got an interest in a team, it's hard to be told the umpire's right sometimes. Yeah, well, we can just agree with them that the umpires are terrible, can't we? Oh, you said that. That that's a private message to him, not me. Um, yeah, but there's lots of hockey going on. There's, there's plenty around, and there's stuff coming out of Argentina and places like that as well. But because I can't speak Spanish or any other language bar English, um, I'm not sure exactly what's going on. But check it out. I'm interested. I haven't haven't found out yet what the Chapa uh, Redig, um situation is. Got some feelers what, out there. Yeah, so you, nothing found out yet. No, no. It might. I, I think it might just be a case of. I don't know. And is Roland Altman still maybe going to be the Pakistan coach? Oh, no, he's definitely confirmed as maybe going to be. Brilliant. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, we'll probably get into a bit of a few definitely maybes later on. Boom, boom. Very good. Uh, Aslan Shah. Right, what's happened so far then? Oh, well, I think it's been a fabulous tournament so far. We've seen some um, very good hockey. I'm on the Aslan Shah page a, now. A few I? upsets. I think the Irish boys haven't had a great run, have they? But I did read... Lots of stuff that they've gone from minus three degrees to 35 degrees and um, perhaps haven't had enough time over there to uh, acclimatise. Jeez, would it take, take you a week to thaw out probably, wouldn't well, it? Well, following tonight's games, and we're, bear in mind we're recording this late for us on the uh, 7th, so we'll probably be at least a day behind by the time, you know, there'll be another day's worth of games by the time you hear us at least. Or, or you could be listening in five years' time, and this would mean absolutely nothing at all to you whatsoever. Uh, Australia have won all four of their games. Uh, Argentina have won two, drawn one and lost one. Uh, Malaysia have drawn, uh, sorry, have lost two and won two. England in fourth spot, uh, drawn two games, a win and a loss. India had their first win tonight, so they've had two losses and a draw before today. And Ireland, sadly, as you sort of mentioned. They've lost all four games. Uh, Australia has a plus goal difference of 10 at the top. Ireland has a minus goal difference of 11. And uh, there's not much in between them as far as goal difference goes in the pack in the middle. Can we just keep some reference to the fact that 
unfortunately Davy Hart isn't playing with the Irish boys there at the moment he's in club hockey uh, with Campong oh, and I'm sure Davy Hart wouldn't think that the results would have necessarily you know it's a team sport mate he's part of a team he, he wouldn't be bagging his goalkeeper mates uh, why are you like saying you that? are what what you're questioning the fact that Ireland are I'm doing just bringing just up I'm Davey's just, not there I'm just bringing up a point I'm not what saying that's the a... pride of the whole team I'm not I'm not bagging the team oh I don't know oh mate you're well off track <laughs> well they haven't had the best of the Irish luck that's for sure um, Australia well they've been pretty clinical from what I've seen of them I haven't seen much of the tournament the whole weekend was a bit of a washout I had other things that I had to tend to that were far away from live streams and Foxtel but um what I have seen of the hockey has been fairly exciting. The game tonight, India and Malaysia, as we said, was quite exciting. A couple of things came out of for me, though, from what I have seen. Um, from from the games, the little corner posts. He's now, a man I, for detail. I, I am. Now, what an eye for detail. Well, no. it just got me started thinking about corner posts because is it what I don't know what the protocol is for a corner post. At one stage, an England player had. Um, stumbled across the corner post and, and the post had a um, a foot on it and but a, a 90 degree chunk had been cut out of the circle that yeah. was the base. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that it a, fitted... Like a, 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 a rubber? A no, no, it looked like a piece of wood or looked like a piece of wood. It wasn't... Right. Or it could have been thick, heavy rubber but it didn't look like it bent at all. It was fairly stiff when yeah. it got flicked over. And um, he sort of got his feet tangled up in it. Now I think the repercussions of it were none whatsoever. But it just got me thinking about what what is the correct protocol for a corner post because they could be quite dangerous. And if it's a base and it gets caught in your feet, and it flicks up and well, it's probably a minor I, I danger. Think, but yeah. you know, there's other dangers that could be involved with corner posts. There has to be something in the regulations with it. Just yeah. Don't they have little bendy ones in soccer? They've got those, those kind of plastic tube, tubey ones, aren't and they? And they, they bend at the base? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, there's flexibility in those. But the, uh, my only I mean, it might be a lot harder to stick a bendy base thing into an AstroTurf than is it on a soccer pitch. Yeah, but like, they, with some of the AstroTurfs, with their multi-use, you've still got spots that you can put your um, uh, netball posts oh, and okay, yeah, know, yeah, tennis nets yeah. and all those sort of things in, so it would be a similar sort of set it to that. But I don't yeah, know my, what the protocol is. No, well, mining's we for our grass fields um, at, at our club. You've only got to put the the flagpoles out for the final series, so you've got to sort of once a year for two or three weeks, you've got to root around in the storerooms a bit to pull out the broken ones that are, you know haven't been repaired since last year, and you get the hammer out and you whack them into the corner. See, I was always under the impression that that was just a done thing. It was like a nice protocol. It wasn't actually, uh, you know, a requirement. I think it is. Conditions. No, I think I think there is a condition if you're a hosting ground for for finals. finals yeah, that you got to okay. got to do that. Anyway, just a thought. What we're we're skewing off the news a little bit, aren't we? Well, so, anyway, let's get back to the hockey. Um, Argentina surprise result against Malaysia. You want oh, to it? Yeah, it quite, yeah, great result for Malaysia there. Excellent result. Um, India. Uh, oh, they've, they've been in games, haven't they? But I mean, when they were pretty dy- dynamic. So There's a couple of beautiful finishes they good, had, and, good and play, yeah, yeah, some re- really good work around around the keeper. It looks First like shot wasn't always going in, but the rebounds were superb. It looks like they've got some guys that are genuine goal scorers as well. And it's good young fellows going yeah. through. Yeah, yeah. But where I th- well, okay, so they're playing Australia, who would probably be the best team going around at the world at the moment. That doesn't mean they say they can't be beaten on any given day but uh, they they seem to break down as a team 
more than you know they've got all the skills they've got the ability to do things but Australia seems to play better as a team than India do at the moment I'm sure Morena's probably trying hard I noticed um, there was a few passages of play today, tonight that was very he seemed frustrated with what they were doing and maybe he's trying to change up the way they play a little bit but not, but not in enough to India. Dis- yeah, yeah, yeah. But but not enough to disrupt things and and change what they naturally do. I saw they were they were that Stuart Marina looked pretty frustrated in the midpoint in in the game. Um, his uh, his demeanour improved somewhat once the two three extra goals went on the board. But um, there was for a while there that he wasn't very happy what was happening. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happened with selections. In the Indian team, come. Well, come uh, Commonwealth Games. We'll come look, games. You know, we, 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 into the World Cup. We were talking while we were watching the coverage about Sardar, and mm. uh, he was looking a bit off the pace and was getting skinned a couple of times by some of the younger Malaysian boys there. He came through at the end of the game. Um, yeah, and that's it. He, you know, he he really got into the game and um, then was getting plaudits left, right, and centre. So well, I must admit, after the Australian game, I thought, you know, Sardar's still capable of playing really good hockey at a world top of the world level. But when you get in those top four teams, when you're playing those sorts of teams, he's starting to get found out. These young guys that are coming through are starting to find him out a little bit. Now, whether they can cover for that and put up with it through to the end of the World Cup, because he's certainly capable of playing that level of hockey. But it's all about finding a role for a player like him, isn't yeah. it? And if it's, if it's purely... He's a great player, too. He's fantastic. If, yeah, it's, if it's a purely creative role and he's going to be a guard off the pace with some guys... Then you need to work something within your structures to have that covered. So you know. So. I think it's a. I think it's an experiment that they'll they'll pursue because it's. I think you know potentially it's well worth it. Or are we about to get an announcement? I will be retiring after the Commonwealth Games. Oh, I don't know. I don't think he's the sort of guy that's going to walk away that easily. No, but we talked we talked with it, with Jazz a few weeks ago and said, is there a protocol in India with regard to lauded players and those that have won the um, Arjuna and the various awards? Um, and they don't really have that sentimental nature, do they? No. It's uh, if you if you're done, you're done. Still plenty of games to come up with the Sultan Aslan Shah Cup. Um, not final isn't decided just yet. Uh, you'd think Australia's going to make the make it there. Argentina, Malaysia still in with a chance. You never know. England, could go anyway. It could go anyway yeah, on the last day. They've all got a couple yeah. of games left, so yeah. you know. No, they've all, all got a game left. A game left. But, oh, yeah, they have two. But but there's the three teams there that are all four teams that are all potential still to to go through if the results yeah. go their way. And goals, when you look there, are going to be critical for those that that other qualifier. You know, Australia will get through, but those other qualifiers are. You know, you pot slot five or six like India did tonight, and you're going to do yourself the best favour. Winning might not just be enough. No, look, great tournament. Really enjoying yeah, it. It's great to see, and that the teams play like there's something really on the line as well. Yeah, it's, you know, it's you know, the one the one thing that kind of gets me with it is is that it's all it's a great tournament, um, just like hockey India League, great tournament. But where's the women's side of it? Um, where's the equivalent thing that has this, you know, this kind of in-between sort of cachet? It's not the top-end tournament, but this is something that's being funded no, by Malaysian government in some part and, and various things. And there's no, there, there isn't for me. I don't, I don't know. There's an, an equivalent Sultan Aslan Shah Cup for women. 
Um, and I don't, we, and we don't have to have parity on, on, on everything for different tournaments and things. But I, I think there's some, there's more bigger tournaments involving male hockey than there is necessarily invo- involving female hockey. Well, it's probably, yeah. And, and Champions as, Trophy? As well, this is an invitational thing. So Champions Trophy is an invitational thing yeah, as well. Yeah, well, you make a very good point, and maybe you should delve into it more for next week's podcast, because I think that's... If we're just going to waffle on and talk about hockey, we might as well get our interview oh, yeah. now, shall we? Let's go for it. You're listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. Time now for our feature interview. And this week we're talking to Errol Anthony, who is the coach of UniKL in the Malaysian Hockey League. We've been rabbiting on for a few weeks now about uh, <laughs> wanting to know exactly, well, a little bit more at least, about what's, how Malaysian hockey works. We've had the Malaysian Hockey League there. And, well, a, a coach in the league is as good a start as any in finding out exactly what goes on. He's also had uh, coaching experience with Malaysian National Setup and the Irish National Setup. And he actually lives in Ireland, so uh, yeah, it's a, it's a so he's just little... He's escaping the beast from the east. <laughs> he's at the moment. For a, he's for a couple of months. Quite a lumper, watching, well, not quite a lumper in Salt Aslan Shark. In Epoch, yeah. yeah. So this is uh, my chat with Errol Anthony. Um, it's about a week ago now, he, just before he went over to uh, check out the tournament and get his commentary duties underway and found out exactly what goes on with Malaysian hockey. And joining us on the reverse stick is Arul Anthony. Hi, good afternoon, John. Now, thanks for joining us today. You're here to talk to us about the Malaysian League because on, on the reverse stick we've been trying to follow up, but we've had a little bit of difficulty, so we thought we'd get someone on that might be able to tell us. And seeing as how you coach yep. in that league, I thought we'd ask you. Yeah, yeah, why not? It's it sad. Um, from my side, it's sad that um, the world on the other part of the world like to follow the league. Uh, it'll be a good uh, platform for them to promote the game, but it's sad that uh, we've not gone into that stage of uh, showing it live via YouTube or you know whatever it is. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about how the league's structured? Um, we have six teams in the in the Premier Division, um, which the clubs here are based on corporate clubs, which is uh, we do not have a. We do not, most of the clubs do not have their own uh, clubhouse, unlike in Australia where you have your own clubhouse and etc. You have a platform of youth development and so on. We do not have that much here. So we have teams like uh, corporate, uh, the banks or the electricity board, they, they participate in the league and what they do is they contract the players. Um, in fact, all of them are considered professional or semi-professional, so they are paid to play. And um, the, the downside of the league, it's, it's very short time. It's only played about five weeks in total, so which is not good for the players. It means uh, the players who aren't in the Malaysian team, that's the only hockey they get for the whole year. After that, it's just uh, social games and so on. So uh, that's what makes the gap between the core national team players and the club players. The gap is very far. And, and that would likewise be with the women as well, I take it. Or is there even less um, development for the ladies? Yeah, I think I think women league just started maybe a few years ago. Prior to that, they didn't have any league. They only had a um, an inter inter provincial tournament, which only goes on for a week. So it, it's sad um, that I'm sure it's also the calendar of the international hockey calendar. It's also of course there's an impact on it. 
but um, I used to coach in South Africa and Ireland, and uh, when I came back there, we've tried to persuade the federation to try to at least simulate uh, the similar calendar to the European hockey. At least you get a longer period, you know, where you start September, yeah. October, November, you take a break, December, January, February, and continue again, you know, so at least you keep the players longer. Um, we have a bit of red tapes here, like the Adlan Shah, Sultan Adlan Shah Cup, which is, uh, happens around March. Yep, so, and, and the downside of it that you do not get the top teams from the European teams coming because March is their part of the second part of the league. So we lose out on that, you know? Yeah, yeah, as far as the yeah. players go. You, you yourself are the coach of the Uni KL team. How does the fixturing yes. go? We, we were struggling a little bit because there's sort of leagues mixed up with cups at the same time. Yeah, we have this cup called Alagendra Cup, um, which last year ran concurrently with the league. So what happened last year was we played a game on, on a Friday, the league game we played on a Friday and a Sunday, and then we play the Alagendra Cup on, on a Tuesday. And sometimes uh, when you get a draw, away match, and you have to travel on the Tuesday, so I think a lot of teams complain. So what they've done this year was, the first part of the week, which started on the 3rd of January till the, uh, I think, 8th of January, they just played the Alagendra Cup. So it's a knockout. So you fin- we finished that off. So the finals was on the 8th of January. So once we finished that, then the league started on the 12th of January, which went on um, um, until uh, the 2nd or 3rd of February. And then the top four teams... We only had six teams, so the top four teams, they played two legs of uh, semi-finals, which was on the fourth and the seventh, and we played the finals of the of the cup on the, which is the overall, we call it the TNB Cup, on the 10th of January. So you had the Alagendra Cup, and then you had the league, and the winner of the league, and then the top four of the league plays in this uh, overall title, they call it the TNB Cup, TNB MHL Cup. What one do the players covet the most? Definitely, definitely the one that we won, which is the TNB Cup. Yeah, that is the um, I would I would say I don't want to exaggerate too much, but that was the pinnacle of the tournament, the TNB Cup. Okay, as a coach, what yeah. do you find is is your yep. biggest uh, stumbling block in in having such a short season? Um, you can't do much uh, because um, out, I had 21 players in my squad, and out of the 21, I had uh, six foreign players, six foreign players, and I had another player who was based in Germany. He's he's a German nationalized, Malaysian nationalized. So there were seven gone, and I had uh, three guys in the national training squad, and two guys in the development squad. So that's seven plus five. That is 12 gone. <laughs> and uh, out of that, I had about three players who went to play uh, in Scotland or Italy or they went to Dubai in the Oman League. So I was left with about four to five players to work with. So I could just work on their physical part of it. And uh, because to, to book the pitch, it's also very costly training. And so we worked a lot on the physical. And I only had the players coming back to me about maybe a week before the league or ten days. So I could only do some hockey work. And then uh, the foreign players arrived uh, first week of January or some arrived late. Some arrived uh, only on the 8th or 9th, so they didn't play in the um, Alagendraka. 
So it, it's it's very difficult. So, but this year I think we we did very well. Uh, credit to the foreign players that we had, uh, who came with a lot of experience, who came with a lot of uh, character, and and uh, they are great players. They are they are winners, so they know how to win matches. So we we were great that uh, they did their part well in in helping uh, guiding uh, our local players as well. So as a coach this year, my approach was different this year. I give a lot of um, responsibilities to the players to execute on the pitch. Of course, I give them the fundamentals and the concepts, uh, but I think uh, my focus this year was less coaching and more managing. Now, you mentioned before the league. There's also a, a, tier, a second and third tier underneath that, that main league of six teams, isn't there? Uh, we have um, Premier League, which is six teams, and we have another division, which is Division 1. I think we had about 12 teams, I think, in Division 1. Okay. Um, but the standard, the standard is far, far below. Um, it's, it's sometimes, it's sad to say it's not worth watching the Division <laughs> 1 games because the standard is very far behind, yeah. Is, is there any promotion relegation or is it, are you just keeping those six teams and keeping those franchises? It, it has been six teams. Last year we had eight teams. Um, so the the whole idea was the two come down and the two from the uh, first division come up. Uh, but what has happened? The two that were supposed to be promoted refused to be promoted. They <laughs> refused to come up to play in the Premier League. Uh, the the scenario is because the the four or five teams in the Premier League is too strong because all the national players are around these four uh, three four teams. And um, these three, four teams have also got the funds to to buy in uh, some better foreign players compared to the Division One teams. Um, so it's it's very difficult because the two or three teams, which is uh, a known team, which is Trungano Hockey Team or THT, and the other one is the Kuala Lumpur Hockey Club or KLHC, they have got the core of the national players. If we have 24 in the national squad. And core of them are with them, so it's not spread out equally. So the teams in the Division One is is just most of them are college teams or or a, or a, or a social social players or ex internationals goes back to play. So they do not want to come up. They do not want to get bashing. Where do you get your players from? The, the local players. You mentioned that there's not much hockey outside of this particular league. Is there's some sort of formal yep. association that's playing regular games? Um, most of these players have been with Unicale for maybe five, six years because I was also coaching the national team and the junior team. So I, I took most of the junior players with Unicale. So we've been together now for maybe five, six years. So they've grown with us, basically. Um, and um, we, there is not possible... It's not possible to be going around... Uh, to watch events to pick up players because there's no none there's no such tournaments for them to play and uh, show their performance. Uh-huh. It's only the age group event. But the age group players um, that's why we pick the age group players who are 18, 19 who goes and play there. There is another tournament called uh, uh, Nation Junior Hockey League, which is starting uh, I think next next week. So you might get one or two potential, but again you need to keep them in your club for three, four, five years before they are strong enough to be playing in the senior league. How are kids exposed to the game in Malaysia? Um, they, they have the school system, 
Okay. They play for their school. We are not we are not club based, unlike in Europe, which is club based. We are school based. Yeah. So they play all their hockey in the school, and we have the national under 16 tournament, uh, national under 12, national under 14, national under 16, and national under 18 tournaments. We have this in the schools. Um, the not, the other downside that I see is um, the establishment of a sports school. We have a thing called sports school in the country. We have about five or six sports schools. So when you finish your junior school, when you're 12, when you're going 13 to the senior school, the best players or the better players are drafted into the sports school. It can be any sports. So in hockey, the players go to this, there's five or six hockey sports schools. So what happens when they go into these schools, the local school teachers or players are just left behind. They are less focused on coaching and training, uh, knowing that their best players have left for a greener pasture, you know. So mm. there's not much coaching done in the other part now. So it's just focused on these five, six sports schools. And um, which is sad to say that uh, we feel that the best coaches should be going into these five or six sports schools to, to give the best to the best players. Uh, but we have, a, we have a red tape between the Ministry of Education <laughs> and Ministry of Sports, which uh, they, are, they are not working hand-in-hand, which they should. So instead of Ministry of Education working hand-in-hand trying to promote more hockey players to go into coaching and teaching, whereas they have their own teachers who are coming back to coach hockey. So it's on the losing end as well. Yeah, I don't think you're the only country where that's a situation either, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, we have the funds here. I think there's a lot of money being put in into sports, but I think sometimes the money doesn't go <clears throat> into the right right angle, you know, or in the right uh, uh, yeah. people. Now, just um, uh, this is your chance to tee off at administrators because administrators don't listen to our show, Errol, so you can say what you like here. What is the one thing... <laughs> What is the one thing you'd change about the, the current Malaysian Hockey League that to make it better? I would definitely... Um, I, I, I did a proposal many years, about two, three years ago, to the, to the Crown Twins, to the Sports Minister, to the Director General of Sports Council, to, to prioritise uh, some part of the teams. An example, prioritising the National League. Uh, what they have in the association is, if you're elected in the association, and indirectly you hold a portfolio... You hold the marketing portfolio, or you hold the finance, or you hold the uh, development, or you hold the coaching. So my proposal to them was: these people are some of them may not be hockey people, but since they are elected, they want to hold a position as a marketing. And that might that person might be a doctor, a medical doctor. He doesn't know knows about marketing, or he goes into he holds a portfolio of a, of a coaching committee chairman, and he may not even coach uh, entire hockey in his life. So my proposal was. Why don't they bring in outsiders who are marketing experts to sit as a chairman of the marketing body? And you can have your people, uh, your committee uh, who, are, who are elected. And then you bring in a coaching, a professional coach to sit and head the coaching committee. You bring a professional accountant to sit the uh, finance committee. Uh, then you can see things run properly. Yeah, no, I like your and, idea. And then you can see, yeah, and then you can see the hockey league is run professionally or run by a, a, a big a marketing media company who knows how to promote the game. Uh, it's sad because we had uh, winners, like we had the Australian guys who won the World Cup 2010-2014, the Olympics gold medal, silver medal. Yeah. We had Gonzago Piela 
we had uh, the best goalkeeper in the world playing here and not much uh, publicity done about these people where they should have done a road show bringing these people bringing asking them to bring their gold medal with them and going around the country to promote uh, things like this were not done and you can see the stadium sometimes it's not filled it's only 5000 seatings uh, only about one uh, 500 people watching and um, we have two stadiums next to each other which is 18000 seating and 5000 seating we don't even play on the 18000 for the tv because they do not want to show the empty stadium so but uh, malaysian hockey has not done nothing to promote the game it's also sad is because the organizing committee chairman who also the deputy president of Malaysian Hockey, who is also has got his own team, which is KL Hefty. So there's a lot of uh, unhealthy thing going around. He's the owner of a club who's participating. He's also the organizing committee chairman, and he's also the deputy president. So it's, it's how much he's going to do to promote the game. <laughs> <laughs> no, I see the problem. In, I see the problems inherent in that situation. That's for sure. Look, uh, rule. Thank you very much for joining us this afternoon and giving us a little taste of what's happening in Malaysia. And some of the ideas you raise there we should look at just in world hockey sense as well, not just for the Malaysian Hockey Federation. Yeah, definitely, because I think we are falling falling backwards compared to rugby, which is played by only eight or ten countries in the world, but rugby and cricket, which is worldwide publicised, you know. And I think even the International Hockey Federation should go into marketing and promoting the game, you know. Well, I think there's a winds of change are coming to the FIH very soon, so we'll hold, cross our hopefully, fingers. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. well, thanks again for your time, Arul, and best of luck. What's your next hockey uh, journey? Um, next hockey journey, uh, my family resides in Dublin, um, so I'm, I'm doing some commentary for the Aslan Shah Cup, with English commentary. And um, then I'll fly back to Dublin, spend about four to six weeks with the kids, you know, uh, taking them to you know walk around, spend a bit of time, quality time with them. Then I'm back to Malaysia, spend two three months. My hockey will only start around November or December. So till then, I don't do any hockey. Oh well, tell you what, we've got an over fifties team down here in Perth. You're welcome to join if you're looking for a game or two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. We'd love to do that. <laughs> uh, thanks again for your time, Arul. It's been a treat, and uh, we'll be in touch again soon to find out more about Malaysian hockey. Yes. Thank you, sure. Pleasure talking to you, John. Keep well and God bless you. You're listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. That was Earl Anthony from the UniKL Club in the Malaysian Hockey League. Great fellow. Uh, he was. It was a good fun chat, I must admit. And, uh, you know, another country that sort of relies on corporations and companies to support the game at the level above juniors and where all of the juniors come through a school system and there's no real club system like you and I would know yeah. of is that we came through and a lot of other countries. Maybe it's something that we should spread the club love. Should spread the club love. Uh, I've been having conversations today with uh, a couple of people that you know and specifically about clubs and about development of the game and we we talk about grow the game, grow the game, and all these eyes are towards big international tournaments and everything at the top end. We can't ignore growing the game on a local level. Every single little local area, every primary school, every go on. Sorry, I've got a finger no, up can, in the air. Can, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying next. Yeah, our resources need to be put into supporting the game 
in as wide a geographical area and, and in front of as many possible kids and parents as we can do it. And that's how we grow the game. Well, it's funny you mentioned grassroots in primary schools there. Uh-huh. Because there's a school, the Norton Hill School Where's in this? England. In England? In England. I've got the little webpage thing up here. Yes, the, the Norton Hills Hockey Pitch. That's not the name of the school, is it? Not, yeah, it's Norton Hill School. Yeah. If I go, uh, yes, Norton Hill Primary School. There's also Norton Hill School, so it's a... I, can see, I see the webpage you've got is Midsummer Norton, so is this Midsummer Murders kind of territory? Well, it's, it's funny, I... Is it o- sort of Oxfordshire, Wiltshire border? It's uh, Midsummer Norton, yes. It sounds like High Littleton and Farrington Gurney. They, these are all that's related kind of, schools. I think that's kind of Cotswoldy, I think. Anyway, it's anyway. in England, and they're, they've, they've got a club there. Now, it's very important, this... So let's get back to the point. Okay. Uh, Mendip Hockey Club has three women's, two men's teams and a thriving junior section. They've been using the Norton Hill School's AstroTurf since it was created in 2002. They use the pitch four days a week for training, match play and training. Over the past two years, the pitch has deteriorated. Well, it's getting on to a fair age for a hockey turf, yeah. in fairness. They've got good use out of that turf, I would suggest. And it needs a resurface. The Norton Hill School has decided to replace the AstroTurf with a 3G material, which is unsuitable for hockey play or playing hockey. This would leave us with no pitch to play in the local area. Now, they've got a, um, what would you call it, a change.org thing. Uh, petition. Petition, that's the word. It's on the page in front of me. Uh, they've got a petition up on change.org. Uh, it's Save Norton Hills Hockey Pitch. Go in there, sign it. Um, I, I don't understand this, Matt. I did a little bit of uh, digging around, and I found a company that does do the 3G pitches in England, and I assume that they're probably in line to do this one because, well, maybe they're not in line. Um, this company describes itself as uh, one of the leading companies, as it turns out. Um, let me well, find it, it. it was a name that I recognised when you said it to me. It's one that I recognised from... They're, 25 years ago, I'm sure. They are Sport England Framework Contractors for Hockey Pitch Construction, Principal Contractor Members of the Industry Body, the SAPCA, and a leading contractor for pitches built for professional hockey clubs requiring FIH or England Hockey Certification. So they have some background in doing this. And they apparently do a, um, a hockey Friendly. 3G pitch. Yeah. Now... I don't know why the schools decided that they need to build another 3G pitch because apparently there are four, two other 3G pitches within a four-mile radius. Yeah, but they wouldn't belong to that school, though. They wouldn't, which makes you wonder why they would want to go... And, it still makes you wonder why they go and build that pitch. It's not suitable for a sport that people use. It's not. It's no good for uh, 3G pitches. <laughs> I was going to say, it's no good for that club club to go and play at one of those other other facilities. Now, we very well may be speaking a complete load of rubbish, so we won't want to dob them in if we don't honestly know, but we'll go, we're will go. we just trying to figure it out from um, their website, a bit exactly what a 3G pitch is for people that don't understand in these things. Uh, and they do advertise on their, their front homepage that they make specific 3G pitches. Yeah, so 3G, you've got rubber and sand, haven't they? Yeah, they've got, got rubber the, the and sand. The infill well, on the fibre. 
And a, a, bit, a bigger, slightly bigger pile, is it? Uh, uh, why you would lay a pitch for any sport that's got sand in it is beyond me. Because I've played on sand-based pitches. No, but you hot. need it. You need it in places in the in the like yeah, in the you, UK yeah, where it freezes, so all the sand yeah. freezes. Yeah, yeah. I, I get that yeah. argument there, and perhaps you do, and so that's why they want to go sand-filled or whatever they want to do. But surely that if it's no good for rolling a hockey ball on, what's it going to be good for? Soccer, soccer. It'll be it'll be a soccer thing. Guaranteed. Soccer. Yeah. Being bought out by soccer again. <laughs> Is that what's well, going on? Well, it's maybe it's what the parents that are paying lots of money for their boys and girls to go and study. They they want the finest soccer facilities. Uh, I I just feel it's very very sad to read that. So I signed the petition. If uh, you are a a club or a team that plays a bet against Mendip hockey club and you'll no longer be playing against them in the Norton Hill area because of this decision send um, send some emails to say that the local pub in the Mendip Norton Hill area and the, yeah, well, the local deli and the local shops around the place where you guys stop and buy a Coke or whatever it is after the game or where you get a You and you bloody mentioning Coke. Are you on some kind of backhand deal with them? <laughs> no. Every no. week. Coke, Coke, Coke. Anyway, um, you can get on change.org. You might be able to buy a cheese toasty at the local delicatessen. Oh, the season's coming up soon for us, mate. Don't worry. The well, just let them know you'll no longer be popping into their shop once a year to spend £3 buying a toast and ham and cheese sandwich because this pitch isn't going to be there. Search for change.org, Norton Hills School, save Norton Hills hockey pitch. Do if it. You, if you can help out and get behind the uh, the campaign there. Well, that's a fair whack of hockey players. Three women's teams, two men's and juniors. Yeah. So, you know, get behind them, help them. That's it. We wouldn't want to lose a club to that area because they might all start playing bloody soccer. Well, that, one of those kids could be a junior future Olympian or something. You know, you Absolutely don't know. Right. And Great Britain's got and England have got a great history of producing Olympic athletes in our sport. So it's an opportunity lost, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> okay. Next, what else have we got? What else have we got? Well, you've got the list because we sat down tonight and you did the, the good secretary bit with it and jotted everything down. Oh, well, oh, there was an email address if you do want to send uh, to Norton Hill. I've got an email address. Shout it out. Okay. Send an email to, all. this is all lowercase, S-C-R-A-N-E, S-Crane, at M-S-N Partnership. That's M-S-N Partnership. Dot com. That's in the old Microsoft Network MSN. But it's not there. Yeah, no, it's, it's not there, mid- but msnpartnership.com. Midsummer Norton Schools Partnership. Very good. So Send them, because they make the there. decision. Some good stuff on the socials this week, though. There's, uh, I, I enjoyed seeing the, uh, the the Cornish boys, I'm assuming boys from Dutchy Hockey Club, doing some sledging in their goalkeeper pads. They got a fair bit of traction online. What nice to saying? see. Huh? What were they saying? What were they saying? You know, just a little video, John. It's you know, very modern. They just showed a little video of, of uh, um, some sledging. Ah, sledging. You mean sleigh riding or sledding? Sleigh riding. Sledding. Hey, where's those bells from Christmas? You mean sledding. Sled. Well, this is it. I think Santa did have a sled. I don't think it's... Uh, is sleigh or sled? Sledging means something completely different well, in it does, this country. It does in Australia, but... Um, Oh no, they, they, they definitely uh, on their post. Yeah. So invented keeper pad sledging today. That was the, uh, the 
the Twitter post with oh, a little bit of video on there. There's been keeper pad sledging going on for years. You don't you don't get <laughs> to the keeper's keep, pads and keep. not say something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so um look looked like a lot of fun, but hey kids, be careful out there, hey. On the snow. Oh yeah. The beast will get you. Oh dear. Well, it's got a few people sadly. Enough, well, what I, what I didn't what I didn't see was any innovation happening on the the turfs around and about, like we saw from our friends in Japan from um, uh, Buena Vista Hiroshima Club, where they um, made Lord the kind of little one well, they made the look kind of little Pac-Man courses by clearing the snow in certain sections, and then the kids were still training by running around running around the course on the cleared areas of the snow. Very okay. innovative. I like a lot of the stuff that keep, keep an eye out for Japan hockey because they do some great things with training drills from the different clubs um, that you might spot on on social media. Of course, you can keep up with us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all okay. at the Reverse Stick. Please do like and share and uh, help us out, build our numbers there. We're about three or four away from the thousand on Instagram well, at the moment, uh, John. So uh, perhaps by the time this goes uh, to air, whoo would have cracked that little ceiling. You mentioned before um, the show a picture that was floating around. Ah, the face mask one. It was a uh, girl from Woking. Yeah. I think who, in the UK. Who wore one. She, yeah, she, she wore one in plumb in the middle of her forehead but was wearing a, a defensive face mask. You know, the Jason style thing is what we're kind of back to in that, but uh, for your short corner batteries and uh, cop one. Smashed open the uh, the face mask. Wow, cracked it quite severely, and uh, yeah, copped a, um, a bit of blood, but it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, a bit of swelling going on as well. Yeah. Shows you how hard that ball is actually going, doesn't it? That's right. Yep. Um, which got me thinking too about concussion, mate. I've said it a couple of times before on the show. I'm going to say it again. Well, being a former sufferer. Yes, but uh, not not the obvious. Concussions like um, she would have obviously had following that. I reckon that would have left you with a, a nice headache for a few days. But I'm talking about the ones when, say, teammates accidentally fall over and you don't realise it because, especially on turfs and frozen turfs and, and things like that, even on grass, if you slip over and you, you haven't got a control of your fall and your head ricochets off the ground, it, it's probably a more dangerous concussion than. You know, getting smashed in the head and, and people saying, "Oh, there's a bit of blood there." You got to. Well, at least, at least you get something immediate, attention-wise well, well, for it. Yeah, and, and, and people will say to you, "Oh, well, just sit there and be quiet," because you've had this injury, and you know, and the physical signs of it encourage you to be more worried, if you know what I mean. Whereas you can, the teammate can fall over quite innocently, and they're not seen being, to be much in it, and give the head a little bang, and. No one really notices, so oh, it's mate, important. If, mate, if a teammate of mine falls over <laughs> innocently... You played in our yeah. premiership side. Huh? You played in our premiership yeah, side. You've mate. seen plenty of blokes fall over on their own. I know, court. and I struggle to not fall over with laughter. <laughs> but you know what? I've, I've been... <laughs> mate, I've done it myself. I remember back the Singapore Sixes 11 years ago, I tripped over one of the white lines. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a big night before. Yeah, it would have been... Uh, which has just been held to Singapore's 
That's right. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, next and year will be the 50th anniversary, yeah, I believe. Yeah, great event to get involved. If you manage to snag an invite for it, then get a side along to the Singapore Sixes because, yeah, really super. Or if you know there. someone who's going and they're missing a player or something and head along, it is a fantastic In fact, you could probably just go along as a solo over that weekend, take your stick and you'll get a run with somebody. Yeah, <laughs> we might have to try that next year. Particularly if you're a keeper. You might have to... Um, Invite, see if we can't get the TRS World 11 on invite. Oh, that could be interesting. Now we're talking. Yeah, chances are very slim, but we are talking. Um, but back to concussion, seriously. It's, it is worth bearing in mind for everybody that, you know, concussion isn't something that's bad. We don't have an endemic problem with it in sport because, in our sport, because it's not the nature of the game to be bashing people in the head. So when a bit of blood does spill out, people get particularly worried about it. But it's those incidental knocks that you don't notice. If you think, oh, gee, well, what the hell was Barry just talking about then? And, and yeah, unless goes, oh, unless he's someone. naturally like that. Yeah, which, oh, that's why I'm so hard to diagnose. But sometimes it's just worth keeping an eye on your teammates. I agree. This was a public service service announcement from the Rose Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. Okay, what else have we got? Chris Cirello going to India. Oh, he has. Oh, well, as an assistant coach. He's that. Well, yeah, or a specialist. Yep, doing whatever. Or an analyst, or something. He's he's involved with the team and he's working with the guys that are back at home and not in Ipo. And I reckon drag flicking and standing your ground would have a lot to do with that. Well, look, he's obviously there for his skills, but there's a long history. I think maybe his grandfather played for India. Uh, Uh, There's definitely a a family connection with some Indian representation there, so um, it's a a perfect fit. There seems to be a lot of synergy happening between Hockey Australia and Hockey India at the moment. Oh, and has been for a few years, I guess. Now... um we're, we're ruthlessly fair on this podcast, aren't we? We are. Well, yeah, we are. We are. So when you hear something that is is wrong, you have to point it out, don't you? Yeah. Uh, now, we were watching the uh, India-Malaysia game this evening, courtesy of the FIH's stream, which we thank them for very much. And uh, I, was, I was devastated to hear a word used tonight in the commentary. It was crash ball. That's two, that's two words. Not the way they use it. Oh, is it a singular? It is. Crash ball! Um, and it came from the <laughs> Not words. the way they, they. Who's, no. the, who's they? Oh, they know who they are. <laughs> One of them is Ashley Morrison, who used it tonight. He nearly slipped up earlier in the, in the game when he I said, heard he said a crash. crash. Yeah, he said crash, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we went, oh, uh, well, at least he didn't say crash ball. And then? He used crash ball. Crash ball. Ashley, there's... But, he cracked the ball. Yeah, yeah. He, he smashed the ball. Smashed it. Whacked it. Whacked it. Drilled it. Creamed it. Creamed it. You yeah. know what? If someone says crash, I think of... Thank you, Mr. Sound Effects. But you know what I mean? As a metaphor, crash is not a good one. You don't want things crashing. No, you want a good result out of it, don't yeah. you? you don't, a crash is never going to be a good result. Yeah. Tell, tell me, when was the last good crash? <laughs> Do we have financial crash? Ooh, oh, never good. No, no uh, sorts of crashes no, are good. Car thing. crash? No, no good. And the, and the truth is that most crash balls end up bad because they just crash into nothing, usually over the back line. And yeah. the, 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 
the chances you might get you know, a lucky nick on it you might get a lucky nick and yeah. the percentages are not good there's still a couple of on the tonight though that were just cracked into the D cracked oh were they cracked cracked, yeah, cracked, cracked into the it, D yeah. and because that's the sound it makes isn't it it's a crack yeah well it's a whack it's a crack yeah it's even a smack it's not a crash though it's not a crash um, so look a plea to all commentators out there Please. and analysts it's not a crash ball you know who you are it's just been made up in the past 12 or 18 months nobody ever said it before you can stop it all now and we'll forget all about it that's right otherwise we'll have to keep mentioning it bloody crash ball mm, not good not good um, we what, got else? Some more. Oh, what else we got I, I was watching the the game tonight too there's one thing that came out of the game tonight uh, England and uh, who was playing before them Argentina yeah uh, oh no you saw it it was the so it was the India-Malaysia game where uh, I think it was uh, a Malaysian player had the ball he was streaming up the middle of the ground and he came to the Indian guy and the, the tackle went in but the Malaysian guy yeah, the ball bobbled free ah, and yeah, the yeah. Malaysian bloke and we all do it so no big no, deal no you do it no, we don't all do it, do it. but he had he flicked his stick above his head and to yeah. twist around to... So, so balls travelled from left to right yeah. around the back of the player in front of him and rather than keep his stick down or, or change his body movement, he's done the, the, the whip up and yeah. over he, with the stick over the head of the opponent. Yeah. And he's clipped the Indian bloke yeah. on the way through. Now, it, it's, it, it's incidental contact in the sense that you know, he wasn't trying to crack him on the head. He's trying to get make a his perfect opportunity if you wanted, though. If you wanted to, but I don't think that was his his intention. But they allowed that to play on, and eventually there was a a, a review done, before, so a short corner could be assessed. Yeah. But that didn't include the fact that he just cracked him across the head. Oh, it was it was unintentional. Well, no, the, no, the umpire call was unintentional, so he'd spotted what yeah. what had happened. Oh yeah, it was unintentional. Well, uh, you know. I didn't think you were allowed to do that. In, in fact, I thought it was specifically well, written in. The well, stick above the shoulders for for a start. It's a different. It's a different well, scenario it, to a a, a ball. He's clipped him it? in the head. Uh, I know it wasn't intentional. It wasn't bad, and all the other things. But he's he still got, done it. He's still done it. He still did. It. He, he went down. The bloke fell on the ground and went, "Oh, geez, I've just copped one." As you might, it didn't do him a lot of harm, but he was stunned for a second. Well, wow, I've just copped a whack of the head. Well, we don't need to discuss it any further. We we're fully aware that we've got quite a few umpires that listen to us out there, and we appreciate you tuning in to the show, guys. So but is that the protocol now? He didn't intentionally no, we, we, we do haven't, it. We haven't, we, haven't, we haven't got to discuss it. Let's put it out there. Get in yeah. touch, guys. Let us know on Twitter. Um, when the, when the, the pod comes out and you have a listen to it, let us, let us know whether we're right, we're wrong. We'll, we'll talk a lot about Well, I certainly know in the grades that I'm, I'm most likely to umpire in that um, if, if you let one bloke get away with that, good luck stopping it for the rest of the game. You're listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. And we've come to, well, it's, it's not a big announcement, but we're going to talk about the World Eleven. TRS World Eleven. Now, we're hoping that most people that have uh, applied to be uh, a sponsored player by the Reverse Stick and be a member of the TRS World Eleven for 2018, 2018 are listening into the show. 
Um, we're not going to quite announce, announce, the, the announce the team yet, are we, John? But we're going to no. give you a couple of little teasers. Might be the 2018-19 team by the time it gets around to being selected. Well, no, it's fine. But if we do it exactly the same time next year and, and have it as uh, the same amount of uh, long, drawn-out process, then we'll be fine. Okay, no worries. Um, yeah, I, I must admit, we're, we're still lacking a couple of um, continents. We, we, well, 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 certainly one continent. Certainly one continent. Yeah. So, uh, do we name that continent? Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Oceania? O- how do you say it? O- Oceania. Ocean. Oceania. Oceania. There you that's go. That's the one. one, yeah. So that's Australia and New Zealand. You'd think we'd know some hockey players in Australia. Yeah, well. Uh, Should we just nominate someone ourselves to get in there? No. No, I'd, I'd wait and see. We, we've we've basically got two spots, I reckon, left up for grabs, and we'd love to, um, Get an incompetent hockey player from uh, Australasia, Oceania, Australia and New Zealand, Tonga, Asia, PNG, Asia, India. Yeah, we need a couple of credible Indian, um, Indian, Singapore, Malay um, entrants, please. Yeah, and we if, need to if, spread it around because you've got a lot from, let's call it Western Europe. Male or female, no goalkeepers. Yeah, we're, we've got goalkeepers. We've got, jeez, oh, have we got goalkeepers. But even if you're a goalkeeper and you're quite happy running around on the field. Yeah, you've got to have um, scored no goals in the two years, that, in the past two years that you might have actually played out on the field, though. We don't want any marker Powell type situations going on. Oh, guys that know what they're doing. Yeah. Fair enough. Shall we, shall we just give a few hints? Well, I'll tell you what. Final look, selection. So, no, no, so we've got, but we, we, we certainly, Decided on four or five people so far, and within the next sort of uh, day or so, we'll close off all of the entries of the applications. So, John, just give us give us a line from a most embarrassing moment, and uh, we won't mention any names at all. But if you've written this is your most embarrassing moment, then you are in the TRS World 11 2018. I particularly like this one, especially considering our earlier on conversation. Okay, cool. Hitting the ball into my own face and getting concussion in a fractured jaw. Oh, well, that's good work then. That's, that's the kind, that's that's the kind of expertise that, yes. that we want in the side. Yes. Yeah, very good. So, um, yeah, if you're that person, whoever you may be, then... Uh, Yes, you are a TRS World Eleven. We haven't. We're, we're just giving you time to get ready for the shot when people realise that that's you. So uh, don't tell anybody yet. I'd like this one actually. The, the midfielders there. Just uh, yeah, read that most embarrassing moment. The bottom one there. Most embarrassing moment. I once passed the ball to the umpire, thinking it was my teammate. Realised mistake when she didn't stop the ball. Is that the one you meant? That's what I meant. That's typical umpires though, isn't it? Oh, uh, pretty much. Could have put the foot out and not kept it in play. Well. Probably A uh, couple more I, I, I particularly like um, This one The greatest moment on the hockey field Stealing others' goals right on the goal line <laughs> Yeah well we've got a name for that in Australia haven't we It's the seagull The seagull <laughs> yeah. so Seagull you, on a chip If you if you, <laughs> if you nick a ball over the line When it was going in any way off a teammate You are a seagull And people around the field will go <laughs> They will, or, or even just standing on the post waiting for all your teammates to do all the hard work and then just, you know, getting a stick on one that's flying past. So if you were the person that wrote that, you are a TRS World 11 player for 2018. And be more to come. But we will release the, uh, the full squad in the next couple of weeks. Can we get one more? I think I'm going to take over a position as playing coach. 
Yeah? Yeah, I, I think I'm going to do it. Well, I've listened this week to um, Andy Wilson's Frank Hockey podcast yeah. interviewing Quan Brown, who's a, a player coach at the moment, has been a player coach for yeah. a, a lot of his career. I don't think that bloke would ever stop playing hockey, to be honest. Um, but look, you can be equally as effective. What's interesting in the, in the podcast and is what he says is that he's uh, he manages to control the game much better when he's playing on the field than he does on the side of the field. So how do you think you'll go? Me? More in control on the on the bench, you know, patrolling and um, you know keeping a keen eye on the troops or. Do you think you're better off in the middle of the field, having a positive impact on the game, and trying to live, trying to lift everybody up to your um, impeccable standards? Well, I think if we're winning 10-0, my place is on the field, in the middle of the field, leading the troops. So your hard work's already been done on the bench, yeah. and now it's time for you to if, relax and have a little run yeah, around. If we're losing 10-0, I think the best place for me to be would be sitting on the bench with some dark sunglasses on and a cap pulled over my head and a. a a stopwatch and a clipboard held up across my face. That's the best place for that sort of coach to be. In Super. Mm. One more. Most embarrassing moment on the hockey field. I have lost the ability to feel embarrassed. Don't worry. You'll be embarrassed no more. You're joining the TRS world. Yeah, you'll stand you're, out. You're special. Star. Yeah. You're looking on my list to see what yeah, else we Yeah, this is, we had the chat. You know, I've, I've come totally unprepared this evening, and uh, we had a chat, and you wrote stuff down. But no, I can't I read your writing. No. Particularly not upside down. Well, we've actually talked about everything I've got written down, basically. So no no feedback to talk, talk about at all. You didn't then. talk. Well, we did, because we had the walking girl who got hit in the head. Woking. 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 <laughs> You think about walking hockey, and just to mention for walking hockey, actually, um, there's um, been great interest being shown globally. I've seen Alan Gormley's been sharing lots yeah. of tweets um, with regard to inquiries and progress with that, so it's fantastic. Uh, hockey people out there, you've really got to do walking hockey, you've got to do back to hockey, you've got to try and do para hockey, and uh, broaden our base. Get into it, hockey lovers. Absolutely. Now. Now what? Well, we did have a little bit of feedback. Oh, did um, we? Yeah. Um, well, we had some contact with regards to uh, rights issues on the usage of um, some of the video that we put alongside the Davy Hart um, classic. I guess again, I can't think of another word for it. Um, Wonder Heart that we aired in in last week's show, and you might have seen on our social media accounts. Um, now. The media rights owners of some of the video footage that used, there's lots of video footage that was used, but we did get some contact saying, um, can you communicate with us if you're going to use our stuff in the future? And we're like, yeah, absolutely no problem at all. They were kind enough to let us go ahead and, and keep everything posted. Um, now, that was the video side of things. Musically, we were a little bit concerned, weren't we? Well, we didn't know exactly what sort of response we'd get from the Gallagher brothers. Yeah. Uh, you know, notorious they are for being badly and poorly behaved. Yeah. So the antithesis of us. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Tongue in cheek once again there. Um, but I, um, I, it got me thinking because you know, I haven't been in the UK for years and, and I thought, hang on a minute, I've, I've got a good mate that I grew up with that's pretty big in the, in the record industry. So we, we could in the record industry in the music industry and uh, 
we might have some kind of link or whatever to, to speak to Noel or Liam or um, get one of the boys on and just uh, see what they thought about the Wonder Heart song and you know how they thought about well, you know their thoughts on hockey. What, uh, what sort of reaction did you get? Well, we can I can play it out because hang on I've got it on the phone here for you. My f***ing ears are in pain. Hearing your voice, this music should be an uplifting thing. Well. So you know, they, there you go. That's a highest accolade um, from Liam. So we're 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 really proud that we've um, uh, you know got a response from from various parties out there and uh, appreciate the feedback. We do, and it was nice to get liked by Davey Hart too. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Very and good goalkeeper. Uh, eh? Very good goalkeeper. Yeah. I th- I think that's just about us done, mate. I can't. Plenty of Aslan Shark Cup stuff happening this weekend. The finals on Sunday, I believe. Um, That's right, you can get online to the FIH YouTube channel and check that out, but also find it in various pay-per-view partners. Yeah, and uh, don't don't just, if you get to the stream on YouTube, don't um, panic if it looks all blurry and stuff to start with. Give it some time. To, yeah, if you give it a couple of minutes, it comes up really nice and crystal clean, and it's been a pretty good coverage from them uh, this time around. Enjoyed it. Hopefully all of our friends in Europe, the snow will be cleared, you can get some game time this weekend, so good luck if you still get out no, on the field. Still no word on, on the um, CEO stuff and all that sort of thing, but uh, we'll let you well, know when something happens. I've, I've had. Have you? Huh? Have you heard lots of things? Well, told you two weeks ago, guys. Enjoy your hockey weekend ahead, take care, and we'll be chatting to you again next week. See you, mate. Hey, right.